Ho, ho, ho! Welcome yeah. to Pursuit. <laughs> 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 Santa Claus. And this is going to make me sad now, thinking of my grandparents, but they used to have this uh, uh, Santa Claus thing that would hang up on one of the doors, like, a, you know, just a decoration, but it was like one of those motion sensor, like, you know, the Halloween things, mm-hmm. like you walk by yeah. and like, woo! <laughs> and just that we always used to imitate this Santa Claus because you walk by it, it was just this really like sharp like ho 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 Merry Christmas and we just me and my cousin Brandon would just do it constantly like it was the funniest shit and you know what if they my parents keep going through all their stuff if they have that I want that bad I want that thing bad it's so funny everybody welcome to pursuing pixels my name is kevin portelli and i'm here tonight with randall nolary hey hey john hines hi there and dj mandolini yo and as always Mm -hmm. we're talking about video games guys but we're doing something a little bit out of the ordinary we're gonna talk about maybe more games than usual this week because we're celebrating the end of 2020 and lord knows what we're celebrating (laughs) but uh we are celebrating all the great video games that we've played throughout the year and talked about on the podcast so this is sort of like our game of the year episode sort of we make some holiday resolutions as well at the end for next year, mm-hmm. um, which we just got around to recently, at least DJ and I. So you might be <laughs> might have heard us talk about Undertale and Deadbolt recently. But yeah, we're going to just have a little fun here tonight, have a little looser episode and uh, dig into things and pick a few games, highlight a few things we've talked about on the podcast kind of briefly yes, in the past. Sir. And we'll link to all that in the episode description. So uh, yeah, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining in. And if you're... Uh, you know, coming back, definitely check out some of these games if uh, you haven't already. Yes. Sir. But uh, I guess I will get us started. And instead of just picking one game like we did last year, we're all going to kind of do a top three to make sure we don't uh, have too much overlap. So I want to start off first and foremost with Lonely Mountains Downhill is my mm, I, I was going to nice. say is my number one, but is one of my three. But again, I know, I, you know, I talk all the time again, if you've listened to the podcast before, I love like the arcadey type stuff. And this one kind of popped back into my brain because they just put out a new DLC uh, pretty recently, a couple months ago with like nice. a new mountain. And I'm like Hell this yeah. all like my thought was just like they could just pretty much just keep releasing dlc for this game with new mountains and tracks and i would just keep buying it like i i just the gameplay i love so much it's like you know these you can play it with a couple different settings but i prefer these tank controls and it's there's just so many different options of like get down the hill as fast as you can or get down without crashing the way the challenges work even though i know i complained uh recently about disc room having all these challenges but the way they they feel laid out feel appropriate in uh lonely mountains downhill where they feel like they're almost like rewarding you for failure in uh disc room and there are other games that do that too um but yeah lonely mountains downhill i just like i can't get enough of that game I love it so much. It's yeah, cycling kind of isometric, low poly. If you're not familiar with Lonely Mountains Downhill and you like arcade racing games or any combination of that, I, I just highly, highly recommend checking this out. And you played a little bit of it too, John, right? Yeah, actually. I, yeah, we first talked about it on the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. And it, I, as soon as you mentioned that there was DLC, I was like, oh, nope, I'm definitely getting that and like, <laughs> replaying And it looks sweet. Game. It's like a volcano island. It looks yes. really cool. Dude. It looks really cool, and I think there might even be more tracks than a typical mountain. I'm not Hell positive, yeah. but they made it sound like it was like a little more going on. So 
Nice. I'll definitely yeah. be picking that up again. Yeah. Super excited for that. Um, another game that I talked about actually pretty recently, but it was more of a recap on this game. Um, but I didn't, I kind of forgot that I talked about this, but Caro Blaster mm-hmm. is also going to be in my top three. And actually part of that is because I just played through, I, I think when I mentioned it last on the podcast, I mentioned Pink Heaven and Pink Hour. I might have forgot to mention those, but they're kind of like a prequel yeah. and a and a sequel sort of or a prologue and an epilogue um, where you get to play as like the pink, uh, the office lady uh, in the game. <laughs> nice. And you're trying to like rescue the shopkeeper, like the two people that you buy items from and stuff in the game. And it, they're really short. Like I did actually streams of both of them and they took me like about 30 minutes, but there's like a hard mode on each one, like kind of a, a few little secrets. Um, I just thought it was like so charming. And I don't think I really mentioned that much, but the sense of humor in those games is just hilarious. Like a really great like localization because I know Pixel is uh, Japanese. So I know they're like whoever's localizing this is really nailing the like it just the humor lands every time like the end of pink hour because it was almost like an advertisement for carol blast so there's even like a link banner in the bottom right corner of the game nice. where if you click on it and actually when i beat when i when i reach the credit screen of normal mode on a uh, pink heaven it opens up the uh browser to where you can buy carol blaster which is just amazing <laughs> it's great like it, it's just yeah it's so just charming but there's like a yeah nice little cutscene at the end of the game that was like hey have you checked out this game like no that's not the one i want to I want Carol Blaster. Love Carol <laughs> it was just like it was so uh, it was just so good. It's great. Um, so, yeah, I, I just like had a really great time. I actually played through also with Carol Blaster. Like I went through and I played. I think I mentioned Zangu mode last oh, time yeah. I talked about yep. it on the podcast. I did actually go back and fire up Omake mode and did a full playthrough of that. My man. And just as I suspected, it was actually a little bit easier. Like you start out with one heart and it is difficult, but you have all your upgrades so, like, as soon as you get to the first shop, you get two hearts. As soon as you have three hearts, like, I, I blew through it in about an hour and a half. Good Lord. Um, where, like, the the whole game, like, Zangu mode was much, much more difficult with the new, just completely different level layouts. But they did the same thing with Pink Hour and Pink Heaven with, like, new level layouts in the hard mode. Really, really cool stuff. Just Word really recommended. S- question, like, so that whole package of Carol Blaster, how does that stand up against Cave Story to you in the overall scheme of things? I honestly probably will play Carol Blaster more times. Like mm-hmm. I will go back to this game and just keep playing it. I love it so much. And like Cave Story, because of what it is, it's more of like an experience kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're like mm-hmm. got to be in like that mindset of like it's a, you know it's a little more. And Carol Blaster has like kind of an interesting story too. But that's not um, the focus necessarily. But there. Yeah, Cave yeah. Story feels like you're more like I'm more in like an adventure mindset where like Carol yeah. Blaster is like I'm in arcade mode. Like I, you know, like Lonely Mountains downhill. You yep. know, I'm just like thinking like that so nice um you know i was really thinking i was thinking about cheating a little bit for my number three or for my third game and and picking a game that we actually haven't talked about on the podcast and i was talking about tiny heist with you guys in the discord and i'm not (laughs) going to use that as my number three but i'm only mentioning it because i need somebody to play that with me so that we can talk about it because god damn it's another game from terry cavanaugh and it's just so good i i'm having so much fun and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys if if anyone's interested. But it's I'm top down roguelike. Going to. Yeah, Terry Kavanaugh is a genius. Um, but still going to go a little bit unorthodox with because you know for my number three, I just thought about over this last year, what have I had the most fun with playing video games? And it's been like not necessarily. I mean, I had a blast booting up all those Itchio Bundle games. I found so many cool developers that way. And I, because of that, even though some of these developers, I don't know for sure, there were so many games in that bundle, I don't know for sure if they were included, but I just started poking around on uh, Itch.io a bunch. Yeah. And but Daniel Linson and Matt Ugg, 
I just have to just highlight them kind of as a package. I've probably played close to 20 games of theirs between wow. the two of them. They both have like probably about two dozen games on their itch.io pages that are, you know, they, they range in length very, you know, very short, but I've done streams of, you know, they, they, they can be anywhere from like, some of them are like 15 seconds, but for the most part, they're like, you know, five minutes to an hour and a half long, nice. but they're like most of their games, both of their games are like kind of puzzle platformers with a shifting emphasis on how much of the focus is on the puzzle aspect of things and how much is on the aspect of like precision platforming. But they're, they also have some like top down roguelike games. Like they definitely experiment with game design quite a bit. But they just both do such a great job with like pixel art, uh, like just the music's great. Connor Grail does all the music for Matt's games. Um, I don't know. I think Daniel Linson might work by himself. I know he actually worked on Goner 2 as well. Mm-hmm. saw his name in the credits. So I don't know what it, what else he does in games, but I'm just going to list off all the games that I have videos of for each of these developers real quick mm-hmm. and just mention like if you like game design at all you just have to check out their games they're all free to play matt's games are all free to play in the browser you can just boot them right up boot it up in chrome firefox is terrible for playing games. <laughs> but boot it up in chrome it's like, firefox is terrible for everything just oh, boot geez. it up in chrome um at least on my computer um but yeah so for real quick for daniel linson i've played through birdsong breaker outline cognizance wibble wobble adrenaline Chimney Presence, which I just played today. A Knife Made of Whispers, which I also just played today. And actually, another one I just played today, Perisher, which is a mod of the Pico 8 Celeste. And it's like got all kinds of... It took me about an hour. Like, Pico 8 Celeste took me about 20 minutes to beat. This took me about an hour and a half, and I just did a stream of that earlier today. Holy shit, is it hard. It adds in (laughs) some new mechanics. Um, and uh, P- the Pico 8 stuff is just so cool. I really recommend checking that stuff out if you're not familiar. But then real quick on to Matt Ugg. And a lot of these games we've talked about on the podcast, too. But there's also videos on our YouTube and Twitch. But Yin and Yang, Flap, Cannon, Imp, Show, Melt. I guess these are all just one word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wiz, Pump, Dead Guy with no A in Dead. And nobody or nobody, I'm not sure it's all one word. And nobody was probably my favorite or nobody of the things I just played that last night from Matt. And it's like this kind of little mini. It took me about 20, 30 minutes to beat, but like a mini Metroidvania where you're like, you you don't, you don't have the ability to jump, but you have like a, uh, an octo directional, like eight directional aiming with, uh, you control it with the WASD and arrow keys, but I programmed it with that anti-micro software to basically control like a twin stick shooter. Nice. And then you hit the shoulder button is how I had it set up to like fire off of the ground so you use that as like a jump but you have to be either pressing against a wall or on the ground to like launch yourself so like you you just there's just a lot of puzzle solving there's a lot of like you know just it's like an obstacle course kind of nice platformer but really cool it worked really well there's no way in hell i could have played this i'm terrible with keyboard controls (laughs) i could never have played this but with that anti-micro software i'm just gonna plug that i think i've mentioned that before on the podcast too but like it's made so many games playable to me that would otherwise be unplayable, including the um, Perisher Pico 8 Celeste uh, mod, because I had to use it for that, too, because it was only keyboard controls. So nice. But yeah, I, ju- I just I know that's not one game. That's actually uh, 19 games. <laughs> but uh, but I just I, I when I really think about this year, those were probably if I had to pick one thing, that's a, that's my most memorable gaming experience this year and uh i i can plan there's still tons of games i haven't even checked out from them so nice. i just can't wait to dig into more and i'm 
to, you know, check our YouTube and Twitch if you want to check out some of their stuff. But Randall, why don't we move on to your uh, selections as far as your favorite uh, games of the year and, you know, stuff we talked about this year? Yes. So I, I'm going to go in the, the opposite order that you just did, but that's okay, because I'm going to talk about a couple of honorable mentions first that I couldn't oh, quite nice. wedge into my top three, but were really cool games that I loved a lot in 2020. Um, first, I'm going to talk about Bot Vice, which nice. I got into yes. pretty hardcore. Uh, <laughs> I was looking back yeah. through, like, what did I talk about this year? I'm like, oh my God, Bot Vice. Like, I have to mention that here. Like... It's that gallery shooter style game like Wild Guns, um, great retro sprite art, really great frenetic action, um, really difficult, which normally is not a huge positive for me. But for whatever reason, with this gameplay styling, I was able to completely lock in and see like full credits on on that game like complete which is freaking impressive. Man. <laughs> like, I played I didn't I just kind of like dipped my toe in and played a little bit. But yeah. Like, Holy crap. That yeah. game is hard and it's, it gets hard fast. It's so hard. Yeah. Like by level four, I was stuck uh, yeah, but for whatever yeah. reason. Like it was so well designed that I persevered and kept sticking with it because I just liked it so much. Just how it felt and everything and how it looked and soundtrack was pretty good, too. Um, and yeah, yeah the DYA kills it on their they the, do. Like that 16 bit era arcade yeah. Super Nintendo style. They really do a great job with their games. I love it. Yeah. So I, I hope we get another one of those and add two player next time, please. And make it yes, online. If please. Oh, I play that all day. Yes. Yeah. Um, another uh, honorable mention. Uh, I have a feeling this will also get mentioned uh, future on here. So I won't talk too much about it, but I, I loved my time with it. And that's a short hike. Uh, a short that hike. was I, I just missed my list. That was the, <laughs> the third game I had written down. And I was like, I got to highlight these little mini indies. I'm glad like, you did. Though. So close. Yeah. So close. Yeah. And and just like that DS feel and, and just the good vibes it gave off in a very not good vibes year. Um, that'll be a theme on my list. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that was why, you know, that was why I ended up taking it off my list overall is cause I was like the experience I loved, but like the game I, and the game is awesome too. Like the gameplay itself. But like, I was like, overall I'm, I'm remembering the experience more than like the game where like, I guess I lean towards picking like the gameplay type of games. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just, I loved the experience, but I'm not going to talk too much about that because I know, I have a very good feeling it's going to come up again here, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's probably a game, too, that's just good to go into somewhat blind. Yes. At least with, you know, little knowledge. I would agree with that. Just play through in, in an evening because it's a perfect game for that. Beautiful mm-hmm. game for that. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Animal Crossing New Horizons. And okay. again, again, it's because of 2020 was a brutal year. And this came came out in like the spring and it was just right, right. shortly perfect. after the, the pandemic kind of kicked in. Yeah. Perfect yeah. timing. Like, I remember everybody was saying, like, what a perfect time for oh this game. Oh my god. Unreal. And and just like what that allowed for escapism and like one of the scariest times to live through, I think, for, for Seriously. Us mm-hmm. Yeah. Was was kind of wild. Um and it, it was great. And that was before they continued to add a whole bunch of content since then, a lot of which I've still yet to see, but I want to jump back into it. And really the only reason it's number three instead of number one is because after about summertime, I, I didn't stick with it past mm-hmm. that point. But I'll tell you, it's back in my 
Switch right now is the cartridge, and I, I plan on booting it up again because I know they've updated for every season. Oh, yeah. And I think Tina and I are going to get back into it for the winter, but I, I love that game. That um, seems like a perfect game to like cozy up with for the winter, absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. My number two is Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Nice. So. Okay, I, that's kind of that's a little bit of a shock because like I know you were <laughs> mostly in, but like by the end, I know you were a little bit kind of burned out Fall Guys yes. style. And that's why it's number two instead of number one. Mm, um, gotcha. In general, you know, that's a 30 plus hour game. And I was like, ooh, like, <laughs> if I could have just had that be like five to 10 hours shorter, it probably would be number one uh, because, oh my Lord, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. And the soundtrack's great and it plays great. And like, it, it's just the perfect distillation of those retro Wonder Boy or Monster Boy games, but made modern without losing the essence of what those games are they just made too much of it like, yeah I, I i agree with you though it's it's a great game like i didn't see it all the way through or anything but yeah. i played the first you know handful of hours and did my usual thing where i just moved on to the next game but like yeah. really was having a good time with it they they did nail that like feel without it feeling like stiff in a you know some of the some retro inspired games feel very stiff and this is not the case and even more crazy that it doesn't feel stiff when we're talking about like drawn animation style hand drawn yeah. like gorgeous like cell animation yeah. basically i mean maybe yeah. not quite but you know basically that's what it felt like and you know normally when you get those games that are more kind of graphical art priority that's kind of taking the animation priority of your controls as well. If you yeah, you get a little like, like Prince, Prince of Persia. Persia or, yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Whereas that just, it never felt that way here. I always was in complete control and it's necessary because this game is hard. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> and I, you know, what's weird is it actually even because the, the like, I don't know if it's the same exact team of developers, but on the uh, Monster Boy or the Dragon's Trap or yeah. whatever that version is, yep. that is like a remake of um the sega master system yep. version or whatever yep it, and 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 that version you can actually like at the press of a button swap between like the master system or the arcade yes, version can. and the new updated and like it actually helped me play the game a little like something about like the way it was animated and and whatnot it was like smoother it felt a little sly like i missed jumps more often when i was in the you know, because I was just swapping between. Yeah. And I, I feel like the more like specific animations in some way, the more detailed animations actually kind of help. Yeah. The gameplay a little bit. I agree. It kind of like way. helps telegraph what you're doing. I yeah. Guess, or like, visually. am I am I actually at the end of this platform yep. or not? Like it's a, the animations when they're a little stiffer, it's harder to tell. So. Yep. So all that to say, like I had issues at the end, but I love this game. Ultimately, I love Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. I'm so glad I own it physically, and I hope they make another one that it did well enough, because I'll play that too, despite my gripes with the length here. Um, I know, you got me wanting to go back, and it's I, great. I'm a little bit disappointed about because I know we got super psyched about that Monster Bo uh, or Monster World 4 yeah. like remake that got announced, but then uh, they like put some screenshots out. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see on that one. That that one got the like 3D treatment. And yeah, I, the 2.5D, but like the the like hat, like the ver like when they made that Klonoa remake for the Wii. Yeah, it was like, why did you just like suck the life out of this game? Like yeah. the PS1 version had so much personality, and then they just kind of like made it a a shitty looking Wii game. And at least that one still played well enough. So it was the I'll same game credit. essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, Klonoa two, what a great game, by the way. Oh, Klonoa is great in general. Yeah, that's yeah. 
the Game Boy Advance games. Anyways, sorry. No, no, it's, <laughs> I'll take a Klonoa detour. Um, yeah, I'm about. To, I'm gonna play some Klonoa too soon. Like, yeah, all I can think do. about is that game. Yeah. yeah, so good. My number one is Streets of Rage Four. So, Whoa! Nice. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I know. I, I didn't <laughs> until recently too, and I'm like, let me let me look back at the games I talked about this year, and I'm like, oh shit, Streets of Rage Four. Of course, I love Streets of Rage Four. Streets of Rage Four. I talked about this back in the day on on the pod when it came out, but it still holds true now. It's they nailed the feel of Streets of Rage Two. To me, it's like the best. It's it's essentially the best beat 'em up I've played. It surpassed Streets of Rage Two for me. Wow. And that's a big wow. deal, you know, because Streets of Rage 2, I hold in very high regard it, on Sega Is Genesis. that your number one beat em up in general? Yes. Even over Turtles in Time? Yes. Okay. okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, it's a great game. The They're only thing that I'll give Streets of Rage 2 over Streets of Rage 4 is the soundtrack of Streets of Rage 2 is impeccable. It's it's a little better. Yeah. I remember we talked about it on the podcast, or at least I mentioned, like, not as enamored with four, even though it's still good. But I am enamored with Streets of Rage Four soundtrack to the point where I bought the vinyl. I still really oh, like the soundtrack of Streets of Rage Four. I just don't think okay. it's quite as good as two, which I also own the vinyl of. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and again, that's like considered one of the best video game soundtracks of all time by a lot of people. So. I consider it one of the if, best. Video yeah, game and and rightfully so for sure. It's amazing. Yes. Um, but Streets of Rage Four. What it does is it takes, like, these are folks that studied Streets of Rage 2, really understood on a deep level what people love about the mechanics of playing a beat-em-up like Streets of Rage is and applied it to a modern context, where now you're getting the same beat-em-up action but in widescreen with extra characters and, like, modern touches like experience points that kind of carry over runs that unlock new characters and retro style characters and like give you reasons to replay besides the fact that it's replayable anyway, being a beat em up, yeah. um, you know, gives you those opportunities and it's just so fun to play. You know, I, it, I'll just go back to that game anytime. In fact, we're, we're planning on playing it again tomorrow just because I was talking about it again in preparation for this holiday episode. And wait a minute, can you play three players yeah. online? Like, can you, can you and Tina play online and then I can join you Yes. or you and Tina can play locally and I can join you online. Yes. Let's Ooh. do it. I'm, I'm free tomorrow. So yes. okay. if you're interested, I'm, I'm down, man. Sounds good. Oh, let's do it. Sounds good. Cause I, I've been, I've only played with you pretty, I, I mean, I booted up to check it out real quick, but I pretty much played with you that one time and, I think we got through maybe like two thirds of the game or so. Yeah, I would guess, but was having a blast. It was yeah, it was awesome. It almost has that like roguelike feel where you're like unlocking stuff yes. and like getting new things all the time, new characters, new palette or not palettes, but yep. you know, it just had that feel of like rewarding you all the time for doing stuff. Yep, and there's just enough story beats and enemy variation to kind of keep you interested, where none of it ever feels mundane. And I just love beat 'em ups as a genre anyway, so I'm not someone yeah. that would ever feel like it was mundane anyway, unless it was poorly designed which it's not it's great hey so. but for but for a beat-em-up to take the number one slot yeah for you that's that's impressive because like i do love beat-em-ups as well but they're kind of just like oh i had a fun time playing that with randall the one time online right. or on the couch you know it's like it's not like games that really st- it's more like the memories that stick with me more than the game itself sure so that's Th- pretty impressive this is the best version of that genre i would yeah that's the it's pedestal fair. i a, would put it on for sure that's awesome 
But uh, how about you, DJ? Why don't we move on to some of your favorites from uh, the podcast this year? Sure. Even though I know you missed you missed a little bit of the year, but you still talked about plenty of games, especially <laughs> had, that, li- that long, sh- healthy list. Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't think I'm actually picking anything from that list. Uh, Ooh, believe no. it or not, um, what? that's surprising. Yeah, I, I could I could pick many of those for honorable mentions, but I'm just going to stick with one honorable mention, and for me, that's going to be Fall Guys. Um, nice, nice. Wow. I, okay, I didn't see that coming either. I I just I've been just so pleasantly surprised by how like into this game like I initially got and continue to be even now. Um, just. I I think I'm a sucker for these like battle royale style games and you know doing it with these like Mario Party type platforming games like it's been a ton of fun and you know especially when we were playing together earlier in the year Kevin you know when you still had a uh, PlayStation subscription <laughs> <laughs> um, No that was that was a ton of fun I had a blast playing those Yeah and and it's just been really great how they've been just again proactive about responding to what the community seems to want so i have confidence that like every time i come back like i I, i'm confident that there's going to be like a lot of you know positive adjustments they're going to make each and every time so yeah it feels cool that you can just kind of keep your ear to the ground like oh new fall guys update let me let me drop back in and check it out yeah um so now onto my list. I'm going to do this in no particular order. I was going to say, are you ordering them up like Randall or no? It cool, was cool. it was hard for me to pick a number one. Same so here. Yeah, I, I, mine were in no order either. That's yeah. fair. Um, I'll I'll start with uh, Invisible Ink. This mm. is one of my top games of the year. Wow. Um, I got so sucked into this game to the point where I could play for like 12 hours straight and shit. I don't know we, like because we talked about that together on the podcast and I don't know that I got that impression from you oh uh, oh yeah I mean like, I knew you liked it obviously but I didn't know you were like that sucked uh, in I was extremely sucked in like just the level of, of like engagement I think that game requires just like I don't know it, at least when I was playing on the hard mode it's just like I would mull over my choices like for minutes before like making a move. Like it was wow. The, the game that's cool because like Into the Breach gave me that feeling. Oh yeah, I, I love that feeling of like, what should I do? What should I do? Yeah, it was and like it was just nice how you know there's the roguelite elements where like you could have different agent members and like each uh, facility you're breaking into is like procedurally generated so there is like I, I appreciate when it's not just like oh just memorize this like i felt like each run was like i approached the game like just very differently each run um yeah dude you got to play tiny heist then you got to get on board <laughs> with me and john okay okay um yeah uh next on my list i'm gonna go with resident evil 7 um, Ooh, whoa I, I don't even know if I remember talking about that on a podcast. I think it was at the beginning of the year. I was beginning to yeah. go through it. Um, but, man, like, I think this is maybe my favorite horror game I've ever played. Um, really? Yeah. Shit, yeah. Um, just, god damn. Like, I was... <laughs> it, the first time I tried playing this game, I had to stop because I didn't think I'd be able to make it through. Just like... I feel you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
just the, <laughs> these first person views and like with zero yeah. like music or anything in the background where it's just completely silent. It's just like <laughs> that. Those are so hard for me to do. But like, did you ever play that in VR? Yeah, no. yeah. Because I was just thinking, I kind of remember talking about that aspect of it. Yeah, oh, when's a VR run happening? Oh uh, God, I mean, <laughs> I, I get that PS Five, baby. Yeah, I well, I mean, I need to see like if an updated version of the VR is going to come out next year. But I, yeah, I, I will sure. get it, uh, and that that should be up there on the list of what I'm playing. But mm-hmm. fuck, I doubt I can finish that. Even even <laughs> knowing intense. like what's coming, right. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, actually, it's a different ugh. it's a different world than VR for sure. Yeah, it's just another game that like I just get so engrossed in just because I'm so scared. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, you play a little too, Randall. I played I played the demo of it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I still want to play through it. But I was like, I was a scaredy cat back in like playing the remake of Resident Evil on GameCube, let alone yeah, the modern. I know. I was like, ah, yeah, jeez, yeah. man. In yeah. first person, like DJ said, yeah. like that's a no. big difference maker. It, yeah. yeah, that that for sure. Yeah, even just the the size of everything, you know, like the monsters, the zombies, whatever. They're just a little bigger when they get in your face. Yeah. It's like fuck, man. Yeah, I just stuff that can like. You, you know, even if it's just like a scared emotion, something that can make me feel like an emotion of like that magnitude, like it just I have to put it on the list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's fair for sure. But uh, last on the list, and uh, I'm kind of disappointed in you guys for not including it in your list so far. Um, <laughs> oh, will be Hades. Um, <laughs> John, it was also John's doing very a little close. dance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was very close for me too i i will say i had a lot of fun with that although i ended up just going to transistor i'm just glad that we've expanded the list to th- our top three games because <laughs> my entire list has already been said oh, what? <laughs> oh Sorry, no boy. oh no well good thing we saved john for last yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just like such a fucking I, it's it's got both like action like gameplay elements are solid and like very engaging plus like i felt that the story was awesome and like kept giving me more and more reasons to come back and at this point i am over 250 hours i was gonna say you're getting close to 250 you're fucking insane yeah i mean (laughs) it's only a few minor things that are i still need to get but like i'm still gonna go back and it's just very fun every time and nice. th- that's impressive man because we we've talked about other games on the podcast where you're just kind of like yeah i'm done i beat it and i'm done you know and this in this game even though you've you've beaten it you know i know you've i can't remember what game it was recently that you mentioned like you know it's not i know the 100 percent draws there for some games for me too but like i know you're not necessarily going for that just because you're doing it because you love this game yeah so. man. yeah it's rare that I find a lot of replay value in games. So this, right. Yeah. This definitely says something. So, yeah, I definitely need to go back to that. But, uh, but yeah, John, why don't you, uh, get into your top three? I feel terrible. Why don't you just say what's already, but why don't you just, (laughs) why don't you just share our thoughts? I've I've got a, (laughs) I've got a little surprise. I I did keep one card close to the chest here. Nice. Nice. And, uh, I was going to say that, I very seriously considered 
uh, putting on my list of the top game of this year, my top game of last year, which was <laughs> Risk of Rain 2. That's fair. Because hey, that's totally fair, yeah. Just, uh, it has continued, like, they've been rolling out new content for it continuously over the past year, yep. and they finally that reached... That 1.0 update, yep, yeah. Alpha, they're, they're out of... Or, I forget what the if like it goes early from beta access to, whatever it is yeah. yeah but they're yeah we're in 1.0 now and I like most recently my accomplishment was doing the long road achievement which you need to go through 20 stages in one run and that Ooh. took me 108 minutes I think uh, to complete so nice. well over an yeah. hour and a half. And it was almost oh, two. Yeah. Jeez. It, it felt so good to do. Like it was one of the most stressful things I've done in that game for a long time. And like, oh, it, it is a game that I will just I like continue playing. Like it's another endlessly. one. Just go back to again and again. Oh, like yeah. there's so many different characters, so many different mechanics, like whatever type, as long as you like action shooters i guess yeah and like you'll be, find a way to play this game that you will enjoy so i'm like doing challenges for every character and like it's going to just be a game that i will play for years to come and i and who knows what they're going to add keep adding to it it seems there's definitely room for more new characters i'll say as far as they, the UI they deserve a break but if they yes, make I more agree. content for this game i'm not going to complain I'm i'll still say it. john like when you showed us around in risk of rain 2 and that was one of my first experiences with that game that's still one of my favorite multiplayer experiences. That was so fun. Period. Yeah. Period. Oh, yeah. I would that was a blast. Again, and we talked about that on the podcast soon. before. I'll try to remember to link to that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, on to my official list, which are all games we've mentioned on this podcast so far. But uh, I did rank them. And at number three, I'll put Animal Crossing New Horizons, which nice. for all the same reasons that Randall said, like, it came at just the right time, mm-hmm. and especially for me, like, uh, I have, my sisters uh, have had kids in, like, the past couple of years, and I've really not been able to see, like, I've had two cousin or nieces and nephews who were born this year, mm-hmm. and, like, I really haven't been able to see them at all. Yeah. And uh, even being able to meet them. Right. Yeah. So, like, I've been able to connect with my sister and my brother-in-law and, like, my niece and, like, just visit their island and, like, run yeah. around and they get to see... That's so cool. Look, yeah. look at what Uncle John is doing. And, awesome. Like, it's, it's been a really nice way to, like, interact in a way that you can't really do right now. Yeah. And it's really yeah. been meaningful in, like, in a very meta way that I really wasn't expecting the game to be. Yeah. So, like, I really appreciate it on that front. And also, it's a really fucking good Animal Crossing It's game. a great yeah. Animal Crossing. <laughs> but just back to the timing on that release, because I, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, too. Both with you, uh, we played some Kirby's Dream Land 3, you and I, John. Mm-hmm. But, like, I played that with, like, my little, like, four-year-old cousin. Yeah. And we were just playing, and I was teaching him. He loves Kirby. He played, like, whatever, whatever the game is on Switch, Star Allies or mm-hmm. whatever. And I uh, really enjoyed that. And he loves Kirby's his favorite character. So that was like, that was so fun for me to like be able to hang with my little second cousin who yeah. 
I don't really get to see and play a game online. So like Animal Crossing is seems even more, although I bet your your nieces and nephews go to your island and go, uh, we didn't know this was in the game. Oh, <laughs> after uh, your honestly, we, my you thought sister, DJ had a lot of hours in Hades, but my sister is like a pro at uh, Animal Crossing. Like I every time I go nice. there, like I'm getting new content from her. Like oh, she, man. she is Jeez. like Damn. destroying at this game. Yeah, that's crazy. Um but uh, for my number two game is uh, DJ's number one for which is Hades. It was no particular yeah. order, John. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's true. But yes, Hades, like DJ said, it is just a really great and like in- infinitely rewarding uh, roguelike game that mm. I, I've I was uh, I played Transistor this year for my resolution game. And I loved it. I thought it was a really good narrative game, but like it did kind of, you know, leave me a little cold on how like super giant games are often very linear and, you know, you're kind of just like following a set story and the way that like the story unfolded in Hades just felt so reactive to the runs you were doing, but not scripted. And it is just, it just felt so good. And like, I, will continue playing that game. I have continued playing that game and it just nice. feels good every single time. Yeah, they they nailed like the the best elements from kind of all their previous games. I know none Absolutely. of us have played a uh, Pyre yet. Um but it kind of feels like they really nailed like from Bastion and Transistor they kind of pulled all that together and and put it in a roguelike format and it just it just worked. It's unbelievable. Like I I have not enjoyed a game that much and uh, well, until I got to my first game. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> Which is a short hike. And yeah. it is yeah. honestly like the like I think best example of a game with zero fat. Like, yeah. Every Agreed. single second of that game is so perfect. And Perfectly I think I played said. it in one sitting, if I'm not mistaken. And the, and the other thing is that like I've beaten the game i've played this game multiple times since beating the game and there's just still stuff to do yes like i picked it up i picked it up yesterday like to like refresh myself on like mechanics and just play it and i got another golden feather that's like i was like nice how the hell did i not now i don't know like that's the thing (laughs) i was like how is there still more stuff to do how is there and like that is really comforting i haven't like uh, it doesn't feel like I've missed things, right? It's just like there's more stuff to explore. There's just that's, stuff there. It's so comforting. Like it's every like, nook so and well. cranny is so pe- that game is just jam packed with and like just meaningful. Good it's stuff. not yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't feel like it's just like a bunch of things like tacked on. If it's you not like, like Mario it's a really Odyssey. I know. World. I, <laughs> I know some of us like Mario Odyssey more than me, but oh, like heaven. it's not just like go ground pound on this dog that's barking at a pile of sand. It's like no, don't thanks, bring man. your it's like Mario Odyssey. I know you, you just like <laughs> jumped but you know, in. You know what like I mean, though. It's like the, some, some of that stuff Odyssey does slander. feel unmeaningful or whatever. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel as important. It just feels like you're just going. You're just getting moons to get them. You know, Mario Odyssey. Or like it, this it feels, feels like in a, a short hike, everything world. feels purposeful yes that everything exists on its own whether you are there or not yeah it does always, uh, even the characters kind of like the npcs kind of move around on their own and it, it's it's it is absolutely a narrative based game or a narrative driven game but it's also uh, 
but it's like not linear. It's, it's really. yes, it's like, and and the good. gameplay is so fun. Like yeah. it's like this like t- isometric three D platformer, like kind of like uh, uh, Mario, like the three the new. What are those called? The 3D land and 3D world games. Yeah. Like it kind of has that sort of like camera, fixed camera perspective. Not the same, but you know, it's just that it's such a great game. Like I think I said earlier, it came very close to my list too. Like as Um, soon as I played it, it instantly became like one of my favorite games of all time. Like it's nice. It's It's another one that I'll go back to and kind of cozy up with when like, you know, long day, long week, you know, tough month, whatever you want to call it. Like, good game to go back to that's what i'm saying it's so comforting that i know that i beat that game technically but there are so many things i can go back to like john was saying there's so many little touches he just found another gold star or a gold feather like it's i know i can go back to that game and play another two hours just dicking around it and doing meaningful things and i'll have a great time it's awesome. And to be honest, even if you're not doing meaningful things, just like just jumping fun. off the highest yes. peaks and gliding yes. around, like the movement <laughs> just feels so nice. Like, ah, oh, it's so good. I think we mentioned on the podcast before, or at least I did, like I haven't had that much fun controlling a character since like the hub world or like the outside the castle in Mario 64, you know, yeah. like yeah. in terms of like a 3D platformer oh, yeah. goes. Um, you know, I just felt like I was just running around and like, I just want to be this character. I don't care what I'm doing. I just want to play as this character. Celeste had that too. You know, you just have this like that bounciness and it just feels nice. Instantly rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I think we're, we're done with kind of our, our, our makeshift game of the year segment. Mm -hmm. Um, since none of these games, almost none of these games came out this year, although actually a handful of them did. It's, it's sort of a legit game of the year segment. Mm -hmm. 80s and Animal Crossing. Rage 4. And yeah, I had maybe Resident Evil 2. No. Maybe? No, No, that that was was a few years ago. That was a couple years ago? Yeah. A few years ago? Fuck. Resident Evil 7. (laughs) That's what I know. We're good. Fall Guys? Fall Guys? We're, we're in... You know, there's a runner up, but still yeah. got a lot of relevant games here. But yeah, we're getting into our resolutions for next year for 2021, which will hopefully be a better year uh, than this year for most people. You know, not for Fingers everyone. Crossed. But, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's just get right into that and we'll go in opposite order. John, what have what are you uh, kind of resigning yourself to play this year? So. DJ's already grimacing because he's <laughs> DJ worried looks pretty red his, over there. It might take mine. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? If I take yours, then we both get to play it and talk about it. There you go. I, I actually exactly. I do have two, and I I might just pick two so that I do both. But I have two that's okay. Also. Go the ahead. One that I'm I want to play that I I really need to like just I have no reason to not, but I really want to play is Murder by Numbers. Ooh, yeah. I think you've mentioned that before on the I podcast, have. right? It's a, yeah. It's a Picross, like, visual novel adventure game. Yeah, Kind of in the, like, Phoenix Wright yes. uh, type of games. And, uh, like, it's I've bought it. It's on my system. It's Oh, I didn't know you wait. picked it up. Okay, oh, cool. yeah. No, I picked it up when I picked up all the Picross games. <laughs> and for just no reason, I've been, been, like, keeping myself from enjoying this game I know I will like. <laughs> Tell me when you start it, John. Absolutely. So, DJ, what are you going to play? I thought you had a second game. Hey, let's, yeah, let's see, yeah. let's, let's see if uh, that was your game. My All right. <laughs> well, uh, my game was not that, uh, but I think it's one that you'll want to play, uh, and that will be Deltarune. Ooh. Oh, was, uh, I do need when to play that. When does that come out, though? Well, we got chapter one. Chapter one is out. God, 
I yep. do need to play Deltarune. Me too. Dude, fuck Undertale, man. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> man. Fuck you. I'm just, I'm just being an asshole. I know you are, so fuck you. <laughs> but I really hated that game. Shut up. You're the only well, one. But go ahead. You doing it for your resolution reignited my love of that universe. <laughs> so yeah. it reminded me I need to play this, and I've been putting it's it off It's sitting on my long. Switch, too. I me downloaded too. that chapter one. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I haven't downloaded anything, and I've, oh, <laughs> I DJ. should have. Yeah. Behind the curve. I know. DJ, tell me when you start that. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Randall's apparently Rand- playing every yeah, resolution playing game every this game year. This yeah. year. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the best part. I love when we can like dig into a game a little deeper. So. Yep. What about you, Randall? I've got kind of a, a, a combo pack. Um, the, the main game I'm picking that I, I need to play through in 2021 is Ori and the Will of Wisps. Ooh, nice. (laughs) This is all all of us just going ooh after every time one of us lists (laughs) a game. I'm going to play that too. (laughs) That's that's also motivated by me just being able to finally pick up a Xbox Series X after trying for a few weeks here. Nicely done. But I still need to also play finish playing Ori in the Blind Forest. So it's me kind too. of a double Same. pack that way for me where I need to keep myself honest, finish Ori in the Blind Forest first, and then get into Ori Ori in the Will of Wisps because I've heard nothing but amazing things, and I want nice. to play that game. That two-pack of physical uh, cartridges that's coming out on Switch, that yeah. looks right Oof. up your alley, Randall. I don't know if you pre-ordered that yet, but... No, God. Jeez. I'm going to play my <laughs> Xbox, I think. Yeah, I know that Game Pass subscription. I, I for at one point I was like, maybe Game Pass should be my game of the year. <laughs> but uh, but you seriously, know, man, yeah. I played so many games yeah. on Game Pass. It's unbelievable. It, it's a great and value. there's more coming. It's it's such ah, I love it. It really is. Yeah. All right. Well, for my resolution game, I couldn't decide between two games, so I'm actually gonna preface or like kind of proposition this to you guys and see if uh see if there's any one. That you lean more towards, if anyone leads, you know, more towards one than the other. But I'm torn between Owl Boy and Hyper Light Drifter. And if I'm picking one, if I'm going pure gut, I'm going Hyper Light Drifter is the one I want to play more, I think. But that's only because I know that Owl Boy has some story beats in the beginning. Like I hear that it's like a little story. bit of a slog to get through. <laughs> yeah, words. little bit of a slog. You know, I I, I don't want to read this shit. But uh, but yeah. So is anybody? Because I have Owl Boy on a physical cartridge, too. and I I really want to play. It's a beautiful looking game. Yep. I hear it's really fun. And I hear once it gets going, I hear it's great. Yeah. Um. But but I also DJ. I know you've played Hyper Light Drifter, but yeah. I've got that sitting on my PS4. And I've been waiting to play it for a long time, and I've never even booted it. But it's just, I'm really torn. Is, is anybody itching to play one of the two of those? Yeah, I reached the credits of Hyperlight Drifter, but there is definitely stuff beyond that. Ooh, so no. in a way, I don't feel like I truly beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I, And did you enjoy it on the whole? Yes, Hmm. It was a few years ago, though. Um, yeah, I was going to so say that hesitation made me nervous. Um, but okay. I, I've definitely Just like, memory. Okay, I've definitely toyed with the idea of going back to it. So right. you, you would would definitely push me in that. Being good company. Okay. Yeah. What about you and uh, what about Randall and John? I, I mean, I'm I'm a little biased in that I also own Owl Boy physically, so that Ooh. that would interest me if you went that route, but Hyper Light to Drifter... To pop in I've the heard, cartridge, same here, same here, yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about Hyper Light Drifter, so if you went that route too, 
that would really intrigue me. So that's, I mean, and the graphics are amazing in both of these games. So yeah, like, I can for go real, way. for real. What about you, John? So when you uh, threw out that you hadn't played Owlboy, I was like, I'm pretty sure you absolutely have played Owlboy, but I was thinking of Eagle Island. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that's what I, I was like, to. I was just saying, dude, I've never even booted this game up, but yeah. So I was uh, like, I actually want to play Eagle Island. More. Oh, that I game know, is great too. too. Yeah. Great game. But I, I think, yeah, I think you might like Hyperlight Drifter. That's what I would put my vote for you. There you go. I think, you know, since since DJ and Randall seem kind of torn, John leans Hyperlight Drifter, and that's where my gut's going. There you go. So I'm going to I'm gonna go that. I'm going to go Hyperlight Drifter is going to be my resolution game. I hear it's kind of like Zelda meets Dark Souls combat-wise. Mm. Like, it's like way harder than your typical Zelda combat, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, or more, more engaging or more dynamic. Um, than just like, you know, slashing a sword in the tile in front of you. Um, as far as the 2D Zelda games go. But yeah, I think that's uh Hyperlight Drifter is gonna be what it is. Nice. So awesome. excited to check that out. And by the way, just real quick, uh Teddy Deef, I think, is the director uh the director, the developer of uh Hyperlight Drifter, and he has actually a podcast on the Idle Thumbs Network. It's like uh Playscape Los Angeles, I wanna say is the name of it, where he just interviews a bunch of LA based uh game developers hmm. it's an older podcast but definitely i think there's just like 10 or 15 episodes but worth checking out i, I might be remembering or misremembering that name but i'll put a link in the uh, episode description because i really enjoyed listening to those episodes nice and, nice but yeah as always you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com. we're on uh, youtube we're on twitch we've been doing a lot more videos lately but we're yes, also sir. on uh, instagram we're on twitter we're on discord we're hanging out all the time if you got some games to maybe for to recommend for us as opposed to the other way around let us yeah. know but uh but yeah, until, uh, you know, cheers to 2021 and we'll catch you next year. And until then, take care. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. But yeah, until next week, we can uh, wrap it up there and we'll uh, catch you then. Take care and take care. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> oh you want another take one care of those? And take care. Yeah. You want take another care one and of take those? Care. <laughs>